Happy Friday. Happy longest weekend of the year. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple. Another edition of Husker Online Headlines. Isn't this a great weekend? It's Friday, but 4th of July is on Tuesday. So pretty much everyone's just going to kind of bump this thing all the way through to Wednesday. Uh, yeah, except for me. Except I, for writers. Yeah, I'll be writing on Saturday for Sunday. I'll be up at 5.30 on Sunday morning. I don't think I'm taking I don't think I'm taking Monday off either, if you think about it, Sean. I hey, I I've got to work Sunday. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, I, no, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of what we do. So and, and I'm not a, I'm not big on the whole, I don't know. It's I'm, just it's just a nice leisurely weekend. Yeah, that's a, lot, a good way to put it. A lot of people hopefully watch and listen to us on their way to a lake barbecue. That would uh, be fun. We appreciate that. Uh, but speaking of busy times, it's been a very, very busy June. What a June for Matt Rule and his staff. And that's headline number one. <laughs> there it is, Sean. What, what a, a June. June. That, that was your that's your creativity right there, by the way, Steve Sipple. Um, oh, it was amazing. You look at the numbers and, and where they are at on January 6th. I'm sorry, February June 6th. June 6th. Nebraska had seven commits. June 6th. By June 29th, they got their 22nd commit. So you think about the run that they're on. Nebraska went from seven commits all the way to 22 over the course of the month of June. And yeah, I think it was 16 commits over 22 days. Right. So think about it. When did we go down to Texas to the satellite camps in Houston and Belton, Texas? The first week of June. So they had seven guys in the ship at that seven seven guys yeah then yeah. mario buford committed on june 7th june 7th so mario buford of course now that's DeSoto, texas right yeah and Third. he was he was in on that opening june weekend then they go camden cook i'm coming i was coming back from orlando he was at the punters camp he committed the day after the punters camp on june 11th okay braylon prude you look at him the houston area safety out of uh, shadow creek high school he committed about a week after, or a little over a week after, took his official visit, got his offer at the Houston Christian Satellite Camp. Yeah, yeah. Jake Peters was a lineman. I believe you and Abby saw him at camp. Um, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. You guys thought it was Tyson Terry. <laughs> was that the guy you guys thought was Tyson Terry? I, that probably. was Robin. That might have been Robin, actually. That might have been Robin. I think you're... It was Robin, yeah, actually. Robin right. and Grant. They, were, yeah. they covered that day, but... Uh, Jake Peters went the 18th. Cal, uh, Callum Barda went the 18th as well. Another camp offer. Evan Taylor was a June visitor. Commits on the 19th. Landon Davison, the 20th. Donovan Jones, the 22nd. Isaiah McMorris, Devon Hall, the 23rd. Kiwan Lacey, the 26th. Rex Guthrie, the 26th. Quinn Clark, the 27th. Carter Nelson, the 28th. Carlon Jones, the 29th. I mean, I've been doing this a while, Sip. And we're always used to kind of a little run in June, but this yeah. is by far the biggest run of commits I think we've ever seen in June for Nebraska. Yeah, it was it was incredible. If you think if you think of just all that's happened since we went down to Texas, which started it all off at those satellite camps, where for instance, the Braylon Prude story happened right in front of your eyes. Right? We watched the offer play out. Yeah, very lightly recruited safety, but he was 6'5", 190. and and they saw something in him at that. That was at the Houston camp. Um, so yeah, very interesting. I think it's, I think the highlight of June, I think the highlight would be Carter Nelson, um, which just happened on this week. I mean, he's number one in the class in terms of ranking and he's the highest in-state rank in, in terms of overall top 100 rankings. 
he is the highest ranked player to come since Baker Steincooler. Number 57, correct? And Malachi Coleman was number 60 last year. Okay. So, I mean, Malachi Coleman was also highly recruited. Um, did not take the official visits, though. Like, there's nobody in this state that I've seen that's taken the level of an official visit. And you can have Carter all, Nelson did. Yeah, yeah. When he went to Notre Dame, he went to Georgia and then Penn State. Mm -hmm. You could have offers, mm -hmm. but you almost kind of are who your official visits are. Yeah. And those were committable. I mean, Georgia was a committable offer. They, they kept a spot for him. If you don't go on official visits or have them in front of you to go on, it's hard to say you're being heavily recruited by a school mm -hmm. because they're only going to bring in the guys they want in those spots. If you don't get an official visit or don't take one in June anywhere mm -hmm. to schools that you might be offered by, it's usually kind of telling that you're a little bit down the board for various different reasons. So Carter Nelson, I'd say was the highlight, but when, when Nebraska added the trio of Bellevue West players, particularly the two receivers, Isaiah McMorris and Davon Hall, I thought that swung perception of the class. They, they they nailed down two highly recruited, you know, talented receivers in for, from in state. Um, and Kalen, Daniel Kalen, that came right on the heels of Daniel Kalen's commitment. So I thought that's what swung the perception. I thought that I thought that injected excitement into the conversation. It just gives this class some personality, some flavor, yeah, some local identity. Yeah. And, you know, you go back a couple of years ago, losing Devin Jackson to Oregon, losing Avante Dickerson to Oregon. Now, granted, neither player, uh, Dickerson's already left Oregon. Um, we don't know where Jackson's kind of at in the, in the big picture. But in, there, in were Oregon? A, yeah, in Oregon. there were a few of those moves with in-state players. Deshaun Woods, at the time, not going to Nebraska, picking Missouri. Well, now Deshaun Woods, I don't know if he's found a new home yet. He, he left Wyoming, and he's been in the transfer portal this offseason. Um, you, you, you think about those that perceptually that was a big blow for Scott Frost. It was to lose Omaha. Right. And Matt rule in essence has almost won back that Omaha Metro area by getting these three kids. He's already got Ashton Murphy. Then he gets from the, Elkhorn. Right? Then he gets the big fish Carter Nelson. Absolutely. So, so that, that helped. I think there's some things that happened that so much happens. There's such a flurry of activity that some things get lost. I think, getting that running back from Lancaster, Texas, Kiwan Lacey. Um, he looks, you know, Sean, I, you know, that's the position I really like to follow. And he he looks like an old school Nebraska running back. You're going to gonna hammer that Corral Buckhalter note, aren't you? That, you you have been, Sippel <laughs> and Lee Barfnick got into like a brawl on Big Red Rap about, about Corral Buckhalter about 20 years ago. Did we really? Yeah. What was the essence of it? I think you thought he was a good back. And, yeah. and back then Lee debated you that he wasn't. Well, and, I think it proved out. Um, and when, you, when, when Carell averaged about 6.7 yards per carry that he was pretty good and he went into the NFL and played well. It was over 20 years ago though. Cause I, I was, I, this is my 20th year on that show and it was before I was on the show. <laughs> anyway, Lacey, I'm not, you know, Lacey reminds me of some good Nebraska running backs because of the way he gets downhill. I mean, he does get downhill quick and he, and he's a tough, like if you look at the first play on his highlight reel, he fights off five tacklers. He's a he's a tough runner, um, and and again he's kind of he doesn't jack around a lot. He gets upfield, and that's what you got to do in the Big Ten. You can't when you see daylight in the Big Ten, you got to hit it, and that's that's the kind of running back he looks like to me. He'll look good behind a fullback too. By the way, have you seen Gabe Urban Jr. this summer? It's big. Like I mean, there was a picture of him in Saw the him. weight room. Yeah, 
I mean, and he looked like Hulk. Yeah, it did. It, I wonder. You just wonder—is that photoshopped? That's the first. Thing no, I I, I saw Gabe this summer. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, "Man, you're looking lean." Yeah. And he goes, "What?" He's like, "You saying I'm looking skinny?" I'm like, "No, I'm like, oh, you're looking big and strong, yeah. man. You look like Eddie George right now." Yeah. Well, I mean, let's hope he runs like him. So other things that there happen, he is. Look at look at this Gabe Irvin. Yeah, picture. that's ridiculous. I mean, look yeah. at that. That's a running back. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That's, I mean, he's going to be, he, he should be, hopefully he can dish out some punishment. That's what you got to do in a big 10. He needs to get four to six yards a pop with That'd a be good. body like that. That'd be good if the O-line can move people. Um, speaking of that, you don't want to forget what, what they've done in the O-line, getting Landon Davidson from Broomfield, Colorado, and Gibson Powell from Houston. Jake Peters, as you mentioned, from Cedar Falls. I like those interior linemen. They get after you. Um, so Carlon Jones was big yesterday. Yes, too. yes. Because you had Ashton Murphy. But he committed so long ago, you kind of forgot about him. But the defensive line was a priority. They had to get another guy. He's 6'4", 260, mm-hmm. kind of plays like a Malik Collins. He moves Ooh, well. Yeah. He's physical. Yeah. Give Terrence Knight and your boy a lot of credit, Sip. He has really kind of put his hat into Houston. And Bay yep. City's not Houston, but it's kind of in the, yeah. in the proper of Houston. You know, And his teammate, Bryce Turner, uh, that's a Husker right now, is from the same high school. Yeah, that's a good get. And, he, and, and you know what? Terrence is in the right area to pull big men from the, the, the best, you know, a lot of the, not all of them, but a lot of the good big men are in that area down South Texas, and then swing over to the East. And it's a challenge to pull guys up this way, but he got one. And that's, yeah, that is, that is something you don't want to forget in this. Like I said, there's, there's such a flurry. There was such a flurry that you kind of, now's probably the time to, to sit back and kind of take it all in and analyze it. And that's what we're going to do because we're going to also talk about what they still need. Well, and there's four Houston area recruits now in this 2024 class. Gibson Pyle on the offensive line mm-hmm. out of Houston Klein, Ian Flint out of Katy okay. Taylor High School. Okay. Um and then obviously uh Braylon Prude out of Perlin Shadow Creek, which yep. is right there. Just right down there. And then the Carlon Jones. So I I don't remember a time um, where they got four, you know, mm-hmm. Kiwan Lacey's a Dallas area guy, uh, but six guys now, excuse me, seven from Texas, from Texas. seven. So yeah, the class has set. It's, it's an, it's interesting. Seven from Texas, six from Nebraska. That's what, that's, you know, the, the, that's the heart that's of the, the class. portfolio rule likes. I mean, that's, and I like it. I mean, I think it, I, I, the thing I like about what Matt rules done most, everything he says he follows through and uh, you know, if that continues, that's a good sign because he says he wants to run the ball and win the fourth quarter. Okay. He's saying it, boy, that would be something else to see, right? If, if Nebraska's running the ball in a conventional way with the running backs and winning the fourth quarter. But my point is he said he was going to go into Texas and get guys. Good job. He has, you know, it would be kind of strange if we were sitting here after he said that and they had two guys from Texas, you'd be kind of wondering, right? Why, why did they only have two? He said they wanted to go into Texas. Well, I don't know. They got seven. Six from Nebraska. It's a priority. I mean, I talked about it earlier this week that they purchased an ad in the Dave Campbell football yeah. guide yeah, featuring all their Texas people on the staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Wager, Garrett McGuire, Susan Elza, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Rule, uh, Tony White. I mean, there's a deep connection of Texas people yeah. on this staff. And it's it's not just talk. No, it's not. We saw it. That, that was the beauty of going down there, Sean, going to Belton, Texas. 
and going to Houston. You saw you saw it right in front of you. Though you know you would see coaches approach Garrett McGuire and you know you Bob Wager, Bob Wager, and you. It was clear you they had to say to, wager, didn't you? I did. I absolutely. You're close. I was so close. <laughs> um, they, they, they. But you saw that it was real. They saw you saw guys approach rule. You saw that there was a there was a there was an older coach from Texas standing there watching the 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 camp at Mary Harden Baylor, and he wondered if Rule would remember him. And sure enough, Rule approached him. Said, of course, I remember you. Um, so yeah, that's, and that's easier said than done to say, I mean, cause we've had a lot of coaches come here and say, we want to recruit St. Louis. We want to take back right. St. And didn't happen. It hasn't happened since Kevin Cosgrove left Nebraska. Right. Yeah, never. That's wrote. been a long time, by the way. Right. Kansas city you used to hear that too. Right. We're going yeah. to get back into Kansas. City. Well, call, I mean, look at Colorado. The last, I mean, the, since that Kenny bell, Jeremiah Searles, mm -hmm. Jojo Dolman era of players cooled off. They've been skunked out there for like 10 years. Cooled off. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. Yeah. So, all right, let's go headline num number two. Or, Speaking well, this of is three, this is three. No, no, no. We're on Daniel Caitlin. Headline number two, big June, big rise in the rankings. Headline number two. Oh, okay. This is only two. Okay. Daniel Caitlin's rise. Come on, Sipple. Stay with the show. Yeah, I'm partner. Sorry. Yeah, man. Give a guy a playbook. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I got off schedule there. Yeah. It's still on second down. Um, Daniel Kalen's rise continues. 24-7 um, has updated Daniel Kalen to a four-star. Why am I telling you that? Mm -hmm. Because it's pushed him up in the on-three industry rankings. He is now a four-star quarterback, fresh off making the final Elite 11 mm -hmm. um, earlier in the month of June. Now, you're asking, why does on-three have Daniel Kalen ranked so low still because he's 43rd best quarterback they are doing the rankings update as we speak um so there is going to be a refresh and an update of the rankings i would expect daniel kalen on on three as well to make a bump and you know wouldn't surprise me if, if that overall industry ranking score which is 89.14 is in the 90s like a low 90 point something oh, wow um which you know Will that push him up to number two in the state? Yeah. Right now in the industry rankings, he's now number three. Um, I think there's a pretty good chance it's going to go Carter Nelson, Daniel Kalen, one, two, in the next round of updated in-state rankings. Da Daniel Kalen has it all laid out for him right now. He's on a good team at Bellevue West. He's got his senior season ahead. He's thrown to Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris, Jermaine Green. Other, they got other Caprice Keith. Yeah, they got other receivers be besides those guys. Um, he's in a, he's in a air raid offense, Sean. Um, sorry, Matt Moore. We, we had <laughs> coach Huffman. We had a, I had a pretty good debate with your old assistant coach, Matt Moore. Um, when Sipple refers to your offense as the air raid, I don't, Daniel Kalen refers to it as the air raid. And so does Michael Huffman. But anyway, um, he's, it's all set out for him. And, and you know, last year he was, he was excellent last year, 36 TDs, only seven picks, F five of those picks were in the first three games. So he knocked that off 63% passer. We, he's got all those guys we mentioned. The only thing he doesn't really have is a fancy first name. I wonder if he'd be, humor me for a second. Would he be higher in the rankings if his name was air, air Kalen, like <laughs> air Noland? 
Aaron Noland, who's the fourth-rated quarterback in the country in the class of 24? Um, or would he be a higher-rated quarterback if his name was Cutter Kalen? How about Cutter, Cutter. Kalen? There's a, guy, there's a guy from – Gunner. Yeah, Cutter Bowley. Cutter Bowley's the 10th-rated quarterback in the class Easton. of 24. Yeah, Easton Kalen. But we'll think about Cutter Kalen. That would sound beautiful. Um, they call him Danny Dimes, so that's that's pretty good. But, yeah, Sean, it, what he did in going out to Redondo Beach in that Elite 11 and winning the accuracy competition and showing himself so well, uh, that, that means something. I mean, it means certainly means something. You know what? I think it means a lot for outside confidence in, in – Daniel Kalen, I, I, he's already com- he was already confident. What do you think about what he's walking into at Nebraska? Yeah, um, Jeff Sims could be here two years, one year. We don't know. Yeah, but Daniel really? Kalen, with where Chubba Purdy is and Heinrich Harburger is on their age, like he could easily come in and be a three-year guy at Nebraska, a three-year starter. Yes. Yeah, he's got to prove himself. He's got to prove. I'm not. I'm not handing him the job. Right, I'm not right, trying not to do that. Himself. But the opportunity is there for yeah. him to come in. It's all laid out and be a three-year guy he knows it and he's acting like that and i think when we look at daniel kalen if it all works out we're gonna go back to what he meant to matt rule by jumping ship on missouri or decommitting yeah may 20th to come to nebraska after they had because i i was thinking about this about daniel kalen and dylan riola their history goes all the way back to when they were freshmen yeah mario verdusco offered kalen first and there was a little friction on that previous staff because Scott Frost didn't know about it. It's an in-state guy. He's an in-state quarterback. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he was a little, I want to say upset about it, but they didn't really look at him as a guy they wanted. Then Riola came in and worked out in front of them while Kalen was there on that same day. Friday night lights. Friday night lights camp. Yeah. And then they kind of shoved Daniel back. And it was all in at Riola at that point, mm-hmm. all the way until May of 2023 when that turned around and you're seeing how important it is to have a guy that wants to be here leading this class. I'm not saying Dylan Ryle didn't want to be here, but it just, that it wasn't the right time for him to be at Nebraska. Well, It worked out. It worked out great. It worked out. I mean, this is, this is a quarterback in Daniel Kalen who's wanted to be a Husker since he was in junior high. And he's, he takes the peer recruiting part seriously. And you know, people are going to say, well, of course he does. Well, not all, First of all, not all quarterbacks take it as seriously as others. And second of all, not all quarterbacks are as good at it as others. I think Daniel helped this class. He, I think he, I don't think that Carter Nelson jumped in the class because of Daniel Kalen, but I, it was a factor. I mean, I think it's a factor in getting Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris. I don't know. I'm not saying it's the factor, but it's a factor. And Daniel Kalen has told us, Sean, he treats that part of the part of his role the peer recruiter part is like a part-time job, um, which is, I mean, that's, you got to, I think there's a lot of social media involved in that. Right. I mean, you got to sit down and do it. You know, you just can't talk about it. You got to sit down and do it. Well, and he's well known around the country. I mean, he plays in high level uh, seven on seven circles and events. So he knows a lot of players too. Yeah. Dylan Raiola had a lot of cachet, but I think as the days go on, Daniel Kalen continues to gain more and more. I would expect the other services, whether it's ESPN on three arrivals, to follow suit. And I don't know if everybody will have him as a four-star. I don't want to make that prediction, but mm-hmm. I, I think he will gain more four-star rankings from the other uh, services here, especially with the big senior season. Yeah, especially if his name was Cutter. Cutter Kalen. Gun- I like Gunner. 
You like Gunner Kalen would be good. That'd be good. Steven. No, that wouldn't do it. That's he might as well just be Daniel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Headline number three. What so that? what are the key targets? What is what's left for Nebraska? 22 commits. It's about as many as you'd expect anyone to take, especially in this transfer portal era. You just don't push this number very often as far as this many high school recruits. But Rule has said he doesn't want to live on the portal. He wants to build from the That's right. He wants to build from the first shelf on up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to jump those guys with portal recruits. Mm-hmm. He's trying to build his version of Nebraska, his culture. Right. Nebraska right now, SIP, has the fourth most commits of any team in the country. That's amazing. 26 leads the way. They have 22. That just doesn't happen very often at Nebraska just because of the geography of where we're at and the approach Nebraska has taken in past years. Um, But 22 commits, I think Grant Bricks is probably priority number one. They've got to get a true tackle. Caden Massey out of Kansas chose Kansas State um, on Thursday night. And that was a tackle they were on. Now they have to get Grant Bricks. And this is another battle between K-State and Nebraska. Oklahoma's in there. Alabama's in there. Uh, but I think it's a K-State versus Nebraska battle. The X-Factors, Carter Nelson, Daniel Kalen, I think they have a pretty good relationship with Grant Bricks. Well, yeah. I mean, now, don't get me started on this. But you're exactly right. I mean, they like I, we said previously, three good interior offensive linemen. This looks like a tackle to you, though, right? Sean, this is a tackle. For sure. Okay, so now get another tackle and keep building inside. Build your building the trenches. We don't talk about it enough. We don't. I mean, if you look at what's going on around you, Sean, if you do, or you look what happened. I just was thinking about this last night. You look at we we moved on quickly from the Michigan game last November because nobody expected Nebraska to win. Stay with me, Sean. What am I? I Stay with me. I Michigan, am. I'm listening to you. Michi- Michigan, Michigan. Remember how they bullied Nebraska. Remember how Michigan up front pushed Nebraska routinely back seven, eight, nine yards in that game. On that cold November, yeah. flurry-filled Ann Arbor Saturday. Right. Michigan rushed 49 times for 264 yards, 5.4 yards per carry. Nebraska rushed 29 times for 75 yards. If you just showed me that stat, I'd say, well, Michigan probably won by 21. Well, they won 34 to three. All right. Michigan ran 69 plays. Nebraska ran 49. How are you going to win? I, okay. So what's Michigan? What they're, they're, some are picking them to win national title because their offensive line has won the Joe Moore award two straight years and, and probably could win in a, a third straight years. You know what? Up front on, on defense, Sean, they're saying at Michigan it's the deepest and best they've been up front on defense since the 90s. Okay, that's Michigan. Everybody's talking about Michigan. A lot of people are starting to talk about Penn State. You know why? It's not because they got a fancy wideout or a, or a nice group of corners. You know why they're talking about him? Because they got the best offensive line they've had in years, Penn State. They got and you know, men. And you know why else? They got 10 of their 12 defensive linemen returning. How are you going to beat them? If, if you're deficient up front, they're just going to bully you all day long. They're going to hold the ball. You're not going to get enough plays. And then on offense, you're not probably moving it much. So this is where Nebraska's got to con- – we have to continue to harp on that. It's not – it's good getting good receivers and corners and, and defense. Those are backs. easy to get. There's 64-star receivers a year. Right. 
I mean, it's the dudes up front that have to be prioritized. And I and I'm heartened that rule prioritizes. There ain't 64 star tackles a year. No, it's hard to get them. So bricks, go back to bricks. Big. He's right. He's right. He's a neighbor. You know, he's right. He's in Iowa. That's a tough pull. But man, if you can get that top player in Nebraska and that top player from Iowa, and, and one of those guys is an offensive tackle, and another one is a big kid, that's a big horse, and Carter Nelson. 65220 right now. That's that, that that's a state. Well, and, and Nick Saban prioritizing him with an offer should tell you what I mean Absolutely. they want him. But yeah. yeah, you think about those tackle numbers in the program. Yes, yeah, so the front end of the roster, they have Turner Corcoran and uh they have guys like Teddy Prohaska, um, but Bryce Benhart. But they need younger tackles in this program. Tyler right. Knack from the transfer from Utah, okay. he's a redshirt freshman. Okay, Mason Goldman from Gretna. Probably a tackle, could be a guard. Don't okay. know. Okay. We don't know. Sam Sledge, guard. Brock Knutson, tackle. Gunnar Gatula, probably a guard, could play tackle. But they need a tr- they need a legit tackle in this class to develop and build because you're only going to get Teddy Prohaska for a couple, a few more years. Mm-hmm. Guys like Corcoran and Ben Hart, they they may or may not play a six year of college football. Good point. Um, we don't know. Uh, I, they got they, they both have that extra COVID year. They have to make a decision with after the season's over with what they want to do. Now, Corcoran wouldn't be a six year. Um, he, it'd be his fifth year. Uh, but Ben Hart, 2024, would be his sixth year. So they've got to get a tackle. And I think Grant Bricks is the guy. So so needs. So so needs remaining in 2024. Tackle or maybe two, right? Maybe? Maybe? Um, one for sure. Okay. How about I another mean, running back? No, I, really? I think they need a pass. The real needs right now are offensive tackle, pass rusher, pass rusher linebacker. Okay. And, and I think there's a lot of question about the overall commitment of Willis McGahee, the fourth, the linebacker. Yeah, and he's the only one in the class, the only linebacker. In yeah, the class. so they need to get linebacker needs to be kind of emphasized. Um, and, you know, there's some questions like, could some of these defensive backs be linebackers like Rex Guthrie? Yeah. Um, you know, the one that actually could be, it would surprise people, but Roger Gradney is, you know, he's, he's 200 pounds. Now he, he's the guy that has the body and the frame that could grow into something like that. He could even be a ball carrier, a running back. I mean, he's got a, a body they can build. And that is what it feels like rules is trying to bring athletes into his program and, and move them around. Figure well, it out. I mean, when I think about what they need at linebacker, I'm not thinking about a safety. You can convert and he's two fifteen. I, I, I'm thinking about MJ Sherman or Luke Reimer, those kind of guys are 225, 230, 250, Sean, or Jamari Butler. That's the kind of linebacker I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, I think that, hey, Sean, I would say right now that's a glaring need in this class, a glaring need. Is are, that is that overstating it? No question. Glaring need. I mean, they, they have to get more of those guys in this class. That's what um, we got to watch. And, and you know, the, those are the premium spots left. I mean, they've got plenty of receivers and defensive backs right now mm-hmm. and a quarterback and mm-hmm. interior O-linemen, mm-hmm. kind of interior type D-linemen. But they need the money players. Right. What are the money players? Pass rushers and tackles. Could I talk you into maybe another defensive lineman? Or they just got too many in the well, previous class? They took, I mean, you got to remember a year ago, let's go back to what the numbers were last year. I mean, there's – They've got good numbers there from last year's right. recruiting class. I got to retype in scholarship distribution chart here. Hold on. They had um, you, you look at what they did on the D line. The freshman, 
They got five. Right. They have six. They have six. Six, six yeah, freshmen. Vincent Carroll Jackson, Riley Van Poppel, Cam Lenhart, okay. Sue Alafatu, Jason Shake Shack, Machachak. Right. Those are Prince Wall uh Uman Yellen. Yeah. Those are big. I think men. I got that, by the way. Yeah, I think you got that. And, and then you got Brody Tagaloa as a redshirt freshman. So they have seven scholarship dudes that carry freshman or redshirt freshman right now. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. Because they That's moved important. Jason Shake Shack Machachak. Yeah. Over to the D line. Shake Shack. I like saying that. <laughs> it's a great, great nickname. It's one of the better nicknames you'll find. Okay, that's I think you talked me into the to them not maybe needing one other D lineman, but I go back to what Tony White said when we first met him, Sean, the new defensive coordinator. When he was asked, What are your needs? He said, You always need big men. Yeah, you can't have enough big men. If I were, God forbid, the head coach, I, I would try to get another D lineman in this in this round. Another D lineman. Well, you got twenty two. How many more can you take? You know, one more. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's eight seniors on the roster, and then an unknown group of COVID seniors, one junior. So that's the problem. The mm -hmm. the, the squeeze out of this roster of what it's going to look like on the other end. Mm -hmm. But if I'm Terrence Knight. I'm scouring the earth for. And, and then if I get one, I'm convinced and rule. Come on, let's take one more. And they thought Joseph Anderson was one they wanted. And then I'd give it. Probably going to go to Iowa. I, I would, I would, if I was Terrence Knight, I'd convince him to get one more. And then I, and I'd say, watch the Husker online, watch the Husker online podcast and Sipple laying out what Penn state and Michigan are doing. Let's take one more. All right. Headline number four. Pete Thamel had a big Ooh. takeout feature on Matt Rule. On That's what I missed, Sean. You're going to have to ESPN. And yeah. yeah, I think this is a popular story a lot of national writers have done, just kind of reliving what Rule's accomplished as a college head coach, okay. both at Baylor, both at Temple. Okay. And, you know, I think the common theme, and we saw this even in the Athlon anonymous coach comments, that Nebraska is a sleeping giant. There's mm -hmm. so much potential with this job, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's from the NIL perspective, the resources and the new facilities, the fan base, the fan base that if the right guy is here, they can get it going. And, and there's a thought now that a lot of people in these anonymous coach comments have said that this, they, this, they feel like this is the right guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so early to say that though. I'm, I'm not going to no, jump on no, that. No, I, yeah. I, he, I like what he's doing. I like the personality part of it. I like the personality he's injecting into the program. Um, I, I'm going to continue to emphasize what he emphasizes, which is bigs. I mean, this, that, that's what Rule feels most comfortable around, he said, is the big men, the defensive linemen. He's coached both sides of the ball up front. He's coached offensive line. He's coached defensive line. But uh, those, that, makes me very, that makes me very confident in him. And and then just his way. I mean, this this he loves football. He has embraced the fan base. Um, this and and Sean, you see it. You're and you see it as close as anybody. He's very organized, right? I mean, it's a very it's he he the way he treats this is the way Nebraska football should be treated, and it hasn't always been, which is as a big time program. As someone who's not going to say to players, "Well, yeah, okay, if you want to go somewhere else, we'll we'll be here for you." No, don't no, no, that's not the way Nebraska should be treated. This isn't, you know, this isn't a MAC program. We saw that with the in-state this year. Right. I mean, there are some kids that wanted to kind of dance with other schools and look right. around, and 
then that's fine, but right. that doesn't mean we're going to hold a spot for you. And Ru I, yeah, exactly. Rule sees this as a as a program that's filled with tradition and prestige. He sees it right, but he treats it that way. He he treats his job that way. I don't think you can say that about a few of the head coaches that have come down the line. Rule is honored to be here. And he treats his job that way. Sean, we speak from not, we're not pulling this out of our, you know, what's you saw it in Texas. You, you were there. I was there. You saw the way he worked those camps and then, and then his availability, everything from his availability to us, to, to his interactions with kids. He wanted to make that offer to, was it Prude that he wanted to make Braylon the, Prude, yeah. yeah, he, he wanted to make that offer himself. That's all. Those are all good signs. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be fun to watch, and and the college football national media. He's got a lot of support. I mean, a lot of advocates. I mean, you, you wow. can sense that. That he's a great interview. The, the national media on the cut. Now the NFL side is a whole different ball game. Like yeah. that didn't go well, and, and he'd no. tell you that. Well, he's very he's very transparent about it. You saw his speech at the, down here at the Embassy Suites a couple few weeks ago. He he uses that as fuel, and he and he doesn't talk around it. He says it was it was terrible. They wanted they wanted his head. It was hard going home, you know, to his family. It was rough. It was a rough period. But I, I you know what? The, every time he talks about it, all I think is good timing for Nebraska because now they got a. He, he's hungry, you know. He's hungry. You can sense it. All right, headline number five: NIL collective talk. Oh yes, um, lots going on um, in that world this week. Uh, first, I want to start with on three. Pete Nakos came out with Good his top twenty list of collectives around the country, and you know you go down that list, and there's a lot of ones that aren't really a surprise because we've heard a lot simple about Tennessee, um, the right. Spire Sports Group. Yeah, that's the number one collective on the on three list, mm -hmm. um, and you know that's not a surprise. I mean, they, they've been able to kind of put it together. The twelfth man, Texas A and M, is number two. Right. Oregon's collective division street number three. I mean, those, I mean, now that we know what we know, those all make sense. Texas has now found itself up to number four. And remember that Texas has kind of got off to a slower start with NIL. Stop at Texas for a second, because there's a correlation to Nebraska as, as this article points out, and it's an excellent article on on three roughly six months ago, there were five separate NIL entities focused on longhorn athletics. Um, what well, what happened six months ago is they came together. Those five separate NIL entities came together to form the Texas One Fund, and that really helped. That they all it just became one, and that's the key. There was no doubt. There was and, no doubt. And you need full school administration support for a collective, right. you know, where the school is actually promoting the collective on their channels. And these top ones have that. When you go on and their social channels or athletic directors, they're directly helping direct donors to the, those collectives. Yeah, and in, in, in to one, to one collective. To generally. one, to one. It, this is what, is it Pete Nakos you said? This is what he writes. In an NIL, about Texas, in an NIL space where it's common for collectives to contend with one another for control of a college market, Texas got its act together. It paid off. They went to one that everybody knows about. And Nebraska essentially has one, but the website on the school still recognizes two okay. um, collectives. And 
that creates confusion. It creates, but yeah, number five, you've got Miami's collective, which we've heard a lot about them. Florida State, program on the rise, number six. USC, number seven. USC's had a great collective as far as getting transfers to, to play for um, League and Riley there. Arkansas at eight. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss at nine. Mm-hmm. West Virginia at 10. And, and Fred Hoiberg dealt with West Virginia's collective in some of these transfer battles. Yeah. Um, is it Kier Curse? Yeah. Um, yeah, Kerr, and it's K-R-I-I-S-A. Creasa. Creasa, yeah. Robin would just butcher me for it. Yeah, he but, would kill you for that. But the amount of money he got to go there was huge. Yeah. Uh, Texas Tech, that's one that really surprises me, but they've created a model where every football player, 100 Red Raider football players, all get $25,000. Yeah. yeah, Joey McGuire seems like he's getting it going there quickly like the new big 12 they might be uh, they could be a playoff team yeah they were eight and five last year and they had some wins that nobody expected now we'll see how we'll see how it follows up you know he he was really aggressive sean he went for he went for it on fourth down 52 times 52 times they went for it against texas eight times on fourth down and completed six converted six excuse me converted six but they led the nation in going forward on fourth down. Aggressive, very aggressive mindset. We'll see what we'll see what it looks like coming back. But know? yeah, their collective at eleven should get your attention. Um, but you know they've got a pretty unified effort there, and every player gets twenty five thousand. Good deal. And then you can have other one off deals on top of that. And I think that's a model that Nebraska should try to strive for. And and that's what they want to do. I think long term is. Get it to where every player gets at least something like that. I thought, are they trending toward that? Already? Yeah, they are. Yeah. They, but they're not. They're not. I mean, they're, they're not quite there okay, yet. Okay. 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 I mean, I think everybody wants to be at that type of yeah. model where every and if Trev Alberts or schools ran their departments, they want to be at an equal model. But there's not much equal than I hell because no. And it's let's I mean, face it, as you go through these rankings, a lot of people still don't fully understand it. And Sean. I mean, there might be about seven people in the world who fully, fully understand it. Blake Lawrence and Shannon Terry are two of them. And they, they had a pretty good sparring match on Twitter this week. But uh, Auburn at 12, okay. Michigan's at 13. Okay. Uh, Michigan, by the way, that's the first Big Ten collective. So the Big Ten, not highly ranked in this thing. Georgia, 14. Washington, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, South Carolina is at number 16. Oklahoma, 17, then Kansas, which is a heavily driven for basketball. They're, yeah. They call Mass Street yeah. is at 18. Then Nebraska comes in at number 19 um, on these rankings. Uh, SMU rounds it out at number 20. Conspicuously absent is Ohio State. And Penn State. Yeah. Well, they get. I mean, Ohio State does get honorable mention. Um, but, yeah, that's Nebraska. That's good for Nebraska to be in that top 20. Um, you want to – Notre Dame wasn't in there either. Right. It's not mandatory, but I, Nebraska, I mean, I know enough about this to say confidently they got, they got a strong operation. That, that Nebraska's not struggling because they're struggling in NIL. You'd, I'd never say that sentence. Well, the collective's not in charge of getting the players. Right. <laughs> I mean, the coaching staffs for all the sports, football, basketball, baseball, they're still in charge of getting the players. And the mm-hmm then the collective can get involved once they get those players around here. Yeah. But it's not like the collective can go out and recruit for anyone. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm not 
completely sure that's not happening in other places. <laughs> yeah, well, but I, the, the collective does, the be. collective doesn't go out and recruit a player until you know they're not involved in saying, "All right, I'm going to go recruit this guy, and I'll tell the head coach later." No, that's I mean, not that. that, that and I think that's what people need to understand. The collectives operate on, you know, what the head coaches of their schools want to do. Right, absolutely. It's not a deal where the collectives are doing the recruiting, but they help you recruit ideally, yeah. when it matters. Yeah. yeah. And once again, NIL was never supposed to be, um, what's the word, um, um, and do, or um, what's the Pay word? for play. Pay for play, um, entice or in, induce. Inducements. Inducement. Yeah. It never was meant to be that, but clearly – it is inducement in a lot of ways. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's like that's I mean, come the on. joke of the day right there. Right. It's these discussions are get tense because I think a lot of people don't really like what's going on. They don't understand what's going on. So even talking about it in this forum is probably a turnoff to some people uh, because they want more answers. I had someone ask me the other day, are, are do Nebraska players have to are they taxed? Yes. On the money? Well, so what I understand how the money is paid, the, the collectives, whether it was ABM or 1890, the two prominent collectives that have paid players real money the last three years, okay. they will withhold money on payments um, to help with taxes because they, then they have to file quarterly and, and, you know, different tax things with the players. But, yeah, the collectives help because – do you understand like how much tax problems you would get into? Cause I mean, you, you got to withhold like 30% of the money or more mm -hmm. on those payments. So yeah, you're getting $10,000, but you got to pay taxes on that. Right. And I, it got heated on my radio show because th there was some talk about, well, I, I, I want to clarify with you. So are these players, these student athletes at Nebraska, are they entered into marketing deals? Is there, are those happening? Are there marketing opportunities for Nebraska athletes? If they want to. Yeah. Is that much, much of that going on? Can like NIL tell? at the very beginning was fun little podcasts and burrito deals and Nebraska furniture mart ads. It's quickly become more collective driven, as you mm -hmm. know, with there's opportunities for, for one-off marketing deals yeah. where you can endorse a product. Um, but, but you don't see a lot of that. You've got, you've got to be like Libby Dunn. I mean, yeah. Like how many players on the Nebraska football team now would you have do a commercial for high V uh, that would actually help high. I mean, you always go to the quarterback position, but would, okay. Do you know who high V is using for their commercials right now? Uh, uh Caitlin Clark. And before they've used Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Do you think Jeff Sims is going to help high V? <laughs> I mean, uh, necessarily. so like, when you're a business, you, he gets rolling. He you still, yes. But right now today, right. no, right. on June 30th, right. When you put a person to endorse your business, it's got to be somebody that makes sense for your company. Right. Nebraska volleyball players, they've had a lot of ops. Scooter's Coffee is really pushed um, with Nebraska volleyball players. The Lincoln Airport yeah. had been a big proponent. A couple baseball players couple, involved in that. Yeah, and so you've seen different things like that locally. Uh, Nebraska Furniture Mart did use a few Husker student-athletes. Um, you know, there was a... The, <laughs> This is a smaller deal, but the offensive line had like that burrito deal uh -huh. um, for machachos. So it's happened. I mean, Malachi Coleman had some things, but collective it, business is still like 90 some percent of NIL. Okay. All right. I'd hate to say 99%, but it feels like it. I mean, mo it, most of the money that's moved runs through the collective. Okay. And this thought of like every NIL deal is going to be like an advertisement thing. There's just so little of that. Right. I think there's a little bit more of that nationally. Um, now, uh, 
Jordy Ball. Yeah, that that you could see that. Like she's gonna marketing opportunity. She's gonna be at the Storm Chasers at Warner Park for Jordy Ball night. She's right. from Papillion, the Paul Parks in Papillion. Right. That's gonna be great for her. Yeah. So there's. Um, I think that might have happened already, but and, there's there'll be more hype. And we're gonna have a, a story on Jordy Ball. Steve Rosen wrote it for Saturday. Jordy really? Ball. He calls it Jordy Ball Inc. Oh, really? And what's just, that? What's that? The gist of that's just her impact and her value as an athlete to Nebraska. Oh God, that'll be interesting. That'll be Saturday morning. Well, yeah, they've they've already they already have a waiting list of over three thousand season tickets. Where last year they had like three hundred total season ticket holders. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry. So it hasn't. Ha oh, June 30th, Friday, June 30th, yeah. which is today. Um, I was going to say, I don't think it happened because you would have seen it all over the internet. I, uh, so. Yeah, there might have. She maybe just appeared at one of those games. No, this is they were they've been marketing this for a okay. while. But okay. this is what it is. There's so, only one Jordy Ball night at the Storm Chasers. So Friday, June today, 30th, which is tonight. today. Yeah, Omaha Cattlemen sponsoring it. Jordy Ball special appearance with fireworks. There you go. She should she should get ready for a lot of that sort of. How about stuff. Marty Cordero though putting this together on the fly? His the the general manager of the uh, Storm Chasers. It's, it's a great idea. Makes a lot of sense. Now I say she should get ready for a lot of it. She can determine whether she wants to do a lot of it or not. You know that's the thing. If she doesn't, she doesn't have to. But if she does, there'll be a lot of. I mean, this is a home run though. She's from Papillion. Mm -hmm. The ball. It's a Friday night with fireworks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you just think about all the elements that's going to draw that ballpark. That place is going to be packed. Yeah, it would be packed. That's, you might even go out to it. Yeah. I Yeah. Uh, now that. No, not tonight. I won't be going tonight. I'm, I'm golfing tonight. Yeah. That. So. I don't know what to say. If I hit your car that. on 27th Street at the Lincoln <laughs> Country Club. Yeah, because you're at Lincoln Country Club. And that's for pretty a tight. That's a tight, tight course. Yeah. We're playing as guests in a scramble. So. It, Sean, there is a hole right along. Oh, yeah. We're well aware. Yeah, just go easy. Take maybe take the five iron out on it's that nine one. holes. We'll be all right. <laughs> but like what, one year, you we'll play in this, and like Darren Erstad's playing in it, yeah. and I'm like, wow, yeah, wow. I don't. I'm swing not Darren like Erstad. Yeah, you don't swing like that, do you? You know who's another good Andy Gurch. Andy, Gurch. he's like one of the better golfers around town too. I mean, he's Jay Moore, obviously, but Danny Woodhead, surprisingly, obviously one of the best golfers in the state. Yep. Sean, it's golf's not a game you can just say, okay, no. I think I'm going to go play with my buddies today. And it, it usually won't look very good. If I got good at golf, I wouldn't be good at what I do now. So yeah, would you I, rather I, have me be good at doing this or know, good at I, golf? No, I don't know why you'd even want to go out there, but maybe one time a year is fine. Yeah, I had this thought of being a golfer or just trying to learn it, but oh, for I, God's I can't commit no, to doing it. Your wife would kill you. Well, I got to do my job. Yeah, well, and you got to do your job at home. Like too. when these guys commit, Who's got, I got to be around to cover yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to be on a golf course in, no. under any circumstance. You're from South Omaha. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> maybe that... take up bowling. You can take your computer to the bowling alley, Sean. Yeah. Bowling's, bowling's more, that's, that's more up your alley, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I like, ten we play tennis in our driveway. We have a kind of a tennis. My daughters play tennis. Yeah, so yeah. we play, I, I hit with them all the Do time. You, how are you at that? Do you have a backhand? Yeah, I can't. Can you hit a backhand, Sean? I always pretend like I'm playing ping pong. Yeah. Ah! When, you, when you do your backhand on the tennis racket, you find out quickly you cannot yeah. one-hand backhand a tennis ball. Right? I'd, I'd be shocked if you just stroked a Chrissy Everett down the line. One-handed hand. backhand. No, two-handed two backhand. backhand. Those are harder to hit. All right. Well, 
Uh, we hope everybody has a great, happy 4th of July. We'll be back again Wednesday with a Husker Online show. If you're not a member, check us out. We got a lot of things going on at HuskerOnline.com. Also, like and follow and subscribe to us right here on the Husker Online YouTube page. You can download the show as well on the Husker Online podcast channel. Anywhere you can find podcasts. Signing off here for Husker Online Headlines. For Steve Sippel, I'm Sean Callahan.